Hello and welcome to episode 21 of the Training with Tucker podcast. My name is Tucker Gross. I am an endurance athlete and coach, and I started this podcast to put out short weekly episodes on a variety of different training topics to help athletes out there improve and have a deeper understanding of how to train. Today, I'm going to discuss lessons that I learned from my experience at the Leadville Trail 100. On August 21st at 4 a.m., 680 athletes embarked on a 100-mile adventure in the mountains of Colorado, starting in the small mining town of Leadville and traveling 50 miles out to the ghost town of Winfield and then back, all above 9,000 feet. Dubbed the Race Across the Sky, this is one of the most iconic ultramarathons. It was created in 1983 as a way to bring visitors to a struggling mining town. This 100-miler gained significant fame as a part of the book Born to Run by Christopher McDougall, which, if you haven't read it, is mandatory reading for anyone who runs and has certainly brought non-runners into the sport in droves. Leadville is part of the Grand Slam of Ultras, and it draws an impressive elite field. I went up to Leadville and got to watch the top three finishers come across the line, before getting to cover 33 miles myself over the next 12 hours, including pacing Jordan Pettit for the last 24 miles of his race. Through this experience, I learned some valuable lessons, and I want to share them with you today in this podcast. The first one is that nighttime is a grind. It doesn't matter if you are fresh like I was, or 75 plus miles in as Jordan was, running Hiking through the night is tough. We set out together from the outward bound aid station at around 1.15 in the morning. We had a full moon to light the way as we traveled steadily at about 15 to 18 minutes per mile. There was certainly a bit of a rush running in the, in the woods at night, but as the sleep deprivation started to set in, it got challenging to not think about the many hours of darkness that we had ahead of us. When I dropped out of Mesa's Hideout 100 back in June, not feeling comfortable running through the night alone was a big reason why. Getting to run successfully through the night at Leadville was a really great learning experience for me and is something I would encourage anyone to do in training before attempting any event that will involve running through the night. As tough as nighttime is, it's not as scary as I'd made it out to be, especially when you're with others. We had a really nice group of runners and pacers traveling together, which made it more of an adventure than a daunting task. The other thing that is important to remember when it comes to running through the night is that sunrise makes it all worth it. With the sunrise comes a huge boost of energy that will pick up even the most weary on the trail. Running through the night is challenging for many reasons, but the biggest is that it goes against your circadian rhythm, which is tied into all of the body's systems. This is your internal clock that signals it is time to sleep when it gets dark. Mentally and physically, your body is being told that it is time for rest. When running 100 miles, this isn't really an option. While some runners do actually stop and take short naps, most power through the night without sleep. The other aspect of night running, obviously, is that it can be challenging with lighting. There were many different approaches on the Leadville course when it comes to how athletes lit the way for themselves. Uh, but one individual that we were running with had a light attached to his chest that I swear was as bright as a car's headlight. 
While headlamps are typically the go-to, belt lights and, and other bright lights are becoming more popular to illuminate the ground ahead. I'll certainly be investing in one of these myself before I run through the night again. Headlamps are farther from the ground and they bounce around quite a bit. Having something that's attached to your chest or your waist and pointed down at the ground helps make sure that you don't miss any rocks or roots on the trail. Something I learned from Jordan in this experience was that you need to do long, hard efforts in training before going for something like this. While I've done plenty of road marathons and ultra trail races, the longest and toughest was the North Face 50 at Bear Mountain in New York. It doesn't matter the distance, you need to put yourself in positions where you will suffer mentally and physically. While Jordan had never run another 100 before Leadville, he had done 100K in the heat, humidity, and mud of South Carolina, and he had done the Pikes Peak Ascent a few times as well as the full Pikes Peak Marathon a number of times. While it's a marathon distance, it involves ascending almost 8,000 feet from Manitou Springs to the top of Pikes Peak at over 14,000 feet, and then returning back to Manitou Springs. One of my athletes, Kyle, just finished his first 100K this past weekend, and a big reason why he successfully finished is that he has done some epic long mountain adventures, including the Mount Evans road climb, which also involves climbing up a 14er. His 100K was rolling hills and flat, but the experience of climbing uphill for that many hours puts you in the pain cave no matter how fast you're going. For both Kyle and Jordan, having these experiences doing really challenging objectives built up their mental strength and fortitude. The last lesson that I learned at Leadville was that relentless forward progress is the name of the game. One of the things that broke me mentally at my 100 was that when I had to slow down to about 18 minute miles, I was doing that math in my head of how long it was going to take me to get to the finish line and it felt like an impossible task. While 18 minute miles are definitely slower than I prefer to move, you can get under the cutoff at most hundreds with a purposeful walk in the last 20 or 30 miles. With Jordan at Leadville, we were almost two hours under the cutoff at Outward Bound and we had a little under 9 hours to cover the remaining 24 miles to get to the finish line under the cutoff. While 24 miles in 9 hours might not sound all that challenging, with 75 miles on the legs, it is a lot just to ask the body to keep moving forward. Jordan impressed me so much by his continuous forward movement. In our 24 miles together, we ran for maybe a total of 1 mile spread out into 50 to 100 yard jogs, but mostly we walked and hiked our way to the finish. He didn't waste a lot of time at aid stations, didn't take breaks on the trail for anything other than to go to the bathroom, and just kept moving. We powered our way up the power line climb, the last big challenge of the course. We meandered our way down technical single track, hiked along the shores of Turquoise Lake as the sun rose, and then began our climb into the town of Leadville. It was here that I saw what is known in the ultra world as the death march. As we climbed steadily up these long dirt roads that seemed to go on forever in the final five miles, there was a long line of runners and their pacers hiking silently next to each other. We were all safely going to make it under the cutoff, and while some would run short spurts, at this point in the adventure, the best the runners could do was to keep lifting one leg and putting it down in front of the other. 
Of the 680 athletes that started the Leadville Trail 100 this year, only 324 finished, less than 50%. While the top four all came in between 16 and 18 hours, a huge percentage of the finishers, almost 70%, finished between 27 hours and the 30-hour cutoff. What this tells me is that, one, the race is really difficult. But the big takeaway is that to finish a 100-miler, you don't need to be fast. You just need to be relentless and stubbornly keep moving forward. This gets back to the mental side of ultra running. Yes, you have to be physically fit, but more than anything, you have to be tough as nails mentally. When you're moving around 3 to 4 miles per hour, it can be really hard to feel like you're making any progress, and it's easy to get down. What impressed me the most about Jordan was his mental toughness. If he was ever in a bad place mentally, he sure didn't show it. It certainly wasn't a picnic. It was tough as shit. We weren't smiling or laughing or even talking that much. But with a look of pure determination, he just kept moving forward one step at a time until we reached the finish line in 28 hours and 54 minutes, finishing what is considered to be one of the toughest hundreds in his first attempt at the distance. At one point, I asked Jordan if he would consider himself to be a stubborn person. He responded by saying that he likes to think of it more as strong-willed, and I can certainly attest to that. Running 100 miles takes an incredibly strong will and mental toughness. When I return for my next 100-miler, I'm going to take these lessons that I learned from Leadville and finish the damn thing. I hope you enjoyed this episode and can apply these lessons to your training and everyday life. Make sure that you hit subscribe so you don't miss a single episode, and I look forward to bringing you more information to help you become the best version of yourself.